Welcome back to Bit Different, everybody. This is the teen. And this is Rob. Hi. It's good to be back. I know. I missed you. I missed you, too. It was weird. It it was weird. Trust me. Talking to myself. <laughs> I'm not the best company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're great. Oh. No. It's weird when you're talking to someone or you're talking and you like expect reply like or to comment on something and yet there's no comment or, or anything to reply to and you're like, I gotta keep going or well, what else am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you still had a, a word of the week. You were right, by the way. I did know that word. Yes. Good. <laughs> I figured you... You are smart. But yeah, you were challenging me all over the place. I'm sorry I had to work. I know you so did. So all the listeners out there would have fresh E3 excellence to uh, to talk about and uh, I did mention and criticize. That. I know. I, I know. mentioned that. So I appreciate they all that. Know, they all know why you're not here. Yeah. So. I was just bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're bitter. I was at work. I know. <laughs> I... Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to be here. I just, I couldn't, I, I would have felt guilty making you start recording at like, I don't know, 2 a.m. Oh, well, yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> I would have felt a little bad. <laughs> Even though it is midnight right now. Yeah, but it's not 2. <laughs> but so. it's not 2. That's true. Yeah. What, uh, any stories? Anything going on? Um, Other than like, we know, yeah, Yeah, E3. everyone knows what I'm up to all I, the time. I've been seeing the, um, bill, not billboards, but the, the advertisements, I guess, on the lampposts. Oh, yeah, the little flag LA. type things. Yeah. yeah. They're all over LA right now. E3 is coming next weekend. It is. I'm very excited. I love E3. Like, as much as it is a um, very stressful, very busy time for me, it always has, like, a wonderful payoff. Yeah. And so I I like E3. I like people getting excited about games, and I like... Uh, I like talking about games. I I should do a podcast. I think you should. Right? I think that should be a thing that, that maybe, we, maybe we could do together. Oh, my goodness. That seems like a lot of work, though. Oh, God. I might have to pass. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> no, too busy. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to think what else is happening. Obviously, yeah, work, E3, being challenged by you. That's yeah. what I'm up to. Uh, but, like, um, I did find time today uh, before before we came, before we, we, we gathered tonight to record this um, to watch... The end of the leftovers. How is it? I haven't seen the leftovers. It is such a good show. It's so good. Um, Season three. Yep, and the end. Oh, it's series finale. It was the end. Wow. Yep. Twenty-eight episodes. That's it. That's the whole it. thing. Season one is ten. Season two is ten. Season three is eight. And it's HBO. HBO. Yeah, I keep seeing it. It's, it is on my list of things to watch. Well, and it, it's a hard show for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, just to go kind of quick and dirty, like uh, season one, well, just the general premise of the show for anyone, for the uninitiated, is that um, a sudden event, uh, we don't know why, and uh, the people that exper- are experiencing it don't know, uh, causes 2% of the population of the world to just disappear. And okay. so two percent, it's not a lot. But if you think about it, it's you know, a lot. That's yeah, one out of every fifty people yeah. disappears, which means just based on, you know, we know people. Like that means it might only be twenty people in your world, in your circle, that disappear, but that's twenty people. And of course, you know, some people have like the bulk of their family disappear. The odds of that happening are extremely rare, but it happens. And so but two percent though, it's it you're you know, the show deals with the remaining ninety eight percent and how 
they are addressing this unexplainable event. And what next? What was it? Was it the rapture? Were they left behind? Uh, Are those people coming back? Uh, Are they dead? Are they gone? Are they somewhere else? Like, no one knows. Hmm. And so... um, Do you ever find out what happens to them? Or is it left... I'm not going to answer. Oh. Um, But, like, season one is a season that deals with just sort of mourning. Unexplainable mourning. It is a depressing... 10 episodes that is absolutely oppressive. A lot of people have a hard time with it. It is wonderful. Okay, good. It has some of the best acting, some amazing writing, and it has a plot that really pays off by the end of the season. But the problem is that the show is often so sad that people have a hard time getting to the end of the season. Okay. Season two. Sounds awful. It's it's amazing. (laughs) And Carrie Coon, she should have won an Emmy all three seasons. She's Fucking incredible. She's the new Tatiana. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and then season two, straight up fascinating. Start to finish. Fun, fun season. Even people who hated season one loved season two. So what, what, what shifted? They changed locations. And like the, the, the show kind of takes on a new mystery instead of just... Is it more like action-y or... No, it's, it's, just, it's, it's a mystery. Instead okay. of like a drama, it becomes more of a mystery almost. Right. And then season three, um, it's hard to sort of nail down season three. But season three is an interesting sort of... is more of a character kind of thing. Um, and it felt like a fitting conclusion to the show. And Sweet. so um, it's, uh, yeah, it, I, I feel like it's like an absolutely masterful show. A lot of people really can't stand it. So HBO is not going to have to make any like spinoff movies from it. No. Like it's good as I is. think. It, well, and the nice thing actually about it is that um, I think they didn't think they were going to get a second season. Oh. And so season one, season one ends perfectly. Could have like, finished just like that. Season one could have been the end. And also it's based on a book um, from the guy who wrote Little Children and, um, and uh, he also wrote Election um, that was made into the movie with Reese Witherspoon. Um, yeah. The first season is basically the book with some adjustments. Um, but, like, the first season ends, and it could have been the end of the series just fine. Season two ends, and it could have been the end of the series just fine. But when they got season three, they knew it was the end, and they just wrote a fitting final season. So it's sweet. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a really special show. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I've been wanting to see. I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. So well, yeah, I'm totally on board with yeah. that. Seasons one and season two, uh, seasons one and two were my uh, favorite shows that year. Like more than Game of Thrones, more than anything else. Leftovers was my number one show uh, both years that it aired. Season three, I'm still figuring out my relationship with right now. But one and two, mm, love them. And I liked three a lot. But it just yeah, it didn't. It, um, it's hard to sort of nail down like season one and two were for me. Hmm. So, but I liked it a lot and I can't believe it's over already. Sorry. It was three years. It was. That's a lot. And it was wonderful. So that happened. And, um, but, uh, and the other bit of news or what, like, I guess this is news, not what I'm up to, but I'm, I'm excited about it. What? This Saturday, June 10th, E3. Well, it's the day before. It's the day before the Xbox press conference, which I'm very excited about. Okay. Uh, but um, that night, the season premiere of the final season of Orphan Black. Oh, shut it down! Yeah, they've been um, announcing uh, preview nights for the season five for the first episode. So, season five, Orphan Black, it is happening mm-hmm. on Saturday. I'm excited about that. Right? Damn. Oh, yeah. 
No, but final season, I guess it is about time. Yeah. You know. I think it's, it's good to wrap it up. Yeah. Let her move on to other projects. I would love to see her do other stuff. Yeah. And also just, yeah, end gracefully with purpose. Know it's with your final purpose. season and end strong. Don't end with some whimper where we all feel like the show should have ended a couple yeah, years Yeah, totally. Earlier. Yeah, speaking of um, TV shows, though, I just finished the first season of this show that at first I was like, I hate it and I love it at the same time, but now I'm obsessed with it, and it's Animal Kingdom from really? TNT. Yeah, and it's about this family of felons, basically, and they live down somewhere like the OC or um, some beach town down here in L.A., and they're all just deplorable human beings. I, no offense to anyone who lives there. I sort of imagine, like, based on your description, it must be like Garden Grove. No, it's, <laughs> it's on the coast. They're all surfers. Okay. Yeah, they're, it's, a, it's a family of surfers. Is that the one with and, Sean Hattesey in it? Oh, I don't know the names. Mm, he was in that movie In and Out with Kevin Klein. I remember the movie and, In and Out. I don't know who yeah, Sean Hattesey. It's with, um, oh, Fuck, what's her name? Who plays Smurf? Who's the grandma in it? Um, well, it's based off this Australian film that won tons of w- awards. Really? Yeah, and it, it, it did so well that they made it into you know a TV show form here in the U.S. And it's just this family full of boys who are such fucking assholes, and you just cannot believe how they get away with so much shit. And yet they get their up and comings and then they don't and then they just go back to their same awful selves and then it's like a vicious cycle. And yet there's like a gay love affair in between and there's all this like crazy stuff happening. But at the same time, even though you hate everything they do, for some reason you fall in love with them. Oh, Ellen Barkin's. Yes, thank you. That's her name. Ellen Barkin. And next to her in that photo is Sean Hattesey. Oh, God. So I only recognize him from um, A Soldier's Girl, which is that film that HBO oh, did. That? Yeah, he was the asshole soldier who, uh, like, put the... the um, Jane Fonda's son. Yeah, put the devil in the ear of the other guy who killed oh, the I, soldier. It's like, I saw the movie once, and I, yeah. I didn't remember that very much of it. The movie's based off of one of my friends, Calpurnia, yeah, yeah and her, her story, so... Yeah, it's really sad. So every time I see him, I see an asshole. And he plays an asshole in this too. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll get any. Yeah, he's kind of military-ish. So I'm, I get Soldier Girl vibes all over again from that. All right um, then. But yeah, I, I recommend it. I'm excited for season two, but it's, um, it's on Amazon Prime, but I haven't seen it yet. So what else have you been up to? Uh, I've been dating a little bit, but yes. I don't really want to go into that only because it's kind of going a little bit well. Which is, he, is he a listener? I, mm, he knows about the podcast and he knows the name of it. So if he becomes a listener, I don't want to so say So I think anything. that means he is a listener, but he's not telling you. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. If he knows the name. Well, he knows only because I told him. Well, yeah. If he knows the name, he's doing his research. He doesn't seem like some well i don't maybe. know i'd be doing my research would you yep i've actually never never google searched anybody that i've ever gone on a date with i know that's the thing to do yeah i've never done it once that's weird everybody goes oh yeah i look them up and they do this and this and this and this i'm like why do you want to know so much about them before you even meet them like you i don't get it <laughs> personally all right, then. Well, what else is happening? The new frontier. I saw Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. 
Yes. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I have not had time to go to a movie theater in a while. Plus, my movie, my standard movie date is currently um, out of town for a little bit. Mm. Todd is is running about the country. So um, I'll go with you. So yeah, I need to see one more. I probably have to wait for him. Yeah. Uh, okay. But um, I I very much want to see it. I know that it's breaking a ton of records this weekend. Yeah, it reached a hundred point five million domestically. And, domestically, because it's what two twenty five or two thirty worldwide. Damn. Biggest opening yeah. from a woman director ever. And it's the best, I would say the best comic book based film really? ever that I've seen so far. I'm definitely hearing that it is the best modern DC movie for sure. Um, the competition there is not especially stiff between right. you know, Suicide <laughs> I was Squad like, and what? Batman versus Superman and Man yeah, of no. Steel. But, um, but yeah, like it seems like a lot of people's concerns were kind of com- totally just, you know, uh, all for naught. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I like I said in every other podcast before tonight is I'm not scared because I know Patty Jenkins is going to make a great film because, first of all, she's a woman. <laughs> but no, but seriously, I knew because, I mean, she did Monster and she did really, um, really kind of like game changing films that I felt that she would be able to handle a project like this. I just knew it. And it was really beautiful. And um Gal Good, I always say her name on Godot. It, it it has a hard T. I know that Gal Godot, Godot, she um was surprisingly stunning and just very compelling and um she's a very uncompromising character, but she's also very flawed in that she's um she has like this naive charm to her the whole time, which is super relatable, and um it, she's just a really good icon. For anybody, basically, but especially like young women, especially in this day and age right now. And um, actually, Patty Jenkins made sure that there was no blood in this film Mm. so that it would get a PG-13 rating. Mm. So girls as young as 13 could see this film. Well, and it's it's weird. Mm. Like, my relationship to the Wonder Woman character is limited. Um, That's what a lot of people have been telling me lately. Like, they like Wonder Woman, but they don't know anything about her. I didn't know very much about her, and I honestly didn't. Did you know she has turned into a gorilla? I did know that, actually. <laughs> uh, that's how I can relate to her so well. Um, no, I uh, my first time actually ever really knowing anything about Wonder Woman was um, when I saw the Wonder Woman TV series mm-hmm. when I was up at Gay Pride in my like early 20s. Perfect. And um, after a day of drinking and, and partying, we uh, came back and watched Abvab, and then we watched Wonder Woman. The best. And it was sort of like a, a gay education for me. Yeah. And but like it's weird though I didn't think she was all that great because I mean Linda Carter is stunning and if she has the look but I guess it was just it, it's probably it's a it's a product of its time and so the action is soft and like she moves very floaty there's something about her that didn't seem especially strong to me and I know Linda Carter's a strong woman actually I feel like almost her as Diana Prince yeah. was stronger than the Wonder Woman character was yeah. just because her costume was kind of like awkward and weird and yeah. I don't know there's something about her that I just didn't find uh, powerful but like even just in the shots in the trailer of this movie she seems to be so active and there's something really like it just I finally see Wonder Woman as like an action hero which I'm sure she kind of always was but I never I never saw her as that just because it was a 1980s TV show yeah. that you know introduced me to her Well, that's funny because 
it's very true. Even, but even if you think back to like old cartoons like She-Ra and He-Man, they never really fought in those cartoons. Like they, there would a conflict would begin, and then Skeletor would run away, or Hordak would run away. They like the fight was so minimal. That I that was just kind of like something that happened in the eighties. Like they'd begin the fight, <laughs> but then somebody would run away. And same is true to the Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, the show. It, it was you know it was a soft soft um, fighting scenes and things like yeah. that. But seeing her like knee a guy through a fucking window. She is like, intense in these fighting scenes. But the best thing about these fighting scenes in this film is they are also emotionally driven. Like, you get choked up, especially, I would say, in three of the major fight scenes, which there are a few, like, they're scattered around. I mean, the film's two and a half hours long. A lot of it is story-driven, but each one is super emotional. Like, you get choked up, and it's a fight scene, and it's like, (laughs) why? Because the build-up is so perfect. And not to throw other, like, movies under the bus like especially but comic book movies they tend to not have that emotional build-up before it was just it's just like a fight scene you know and it's cool it looks great but you don't feel that towards it or they act as if there should be some sort of huge emotional connection when they've done nothing to justify it yes batman versus superman i'm looking at you yeah and i'm thinking of another movie that i'm not going to mention because I want him on the podcast. <laughs> um, but like, it's funny on that one. I think that, I, that we may not agree. Uh, but like, um, the uh, as I was talking to to someone, actually, I think it was my boss who saw Wonder Woman today, and he even said that um, that he and it's it is unfortunate that we keep going back to the same phrase over and over and over. Woman director. I know yeah. Patty Jenkins is flat out said she's like, I don't want to be a good woman director. I want to be mm. a good director. Good director. Like uh, and. But like everyone is even saying, like the movie shows that it was that it had a more delicate hand, um, just in that, um, like, so my my boss my boss said that uh, the movie has this emotional quality to it that yeah. it, it carries through its entirety. Yeah, and he says that it's really well done in that it could have been if they gone any further, it would have been straight up melodrama and it yeah. wouldn't have been good. But they knew it, exactly where that yeah, point was. It has this perfect restraint, yet it has the emotionality to really communicate its story, which is largely grounded in emotion. And and it does it in a way that is still a fucking exhilarating movie. And it uh, seems like it's a pretty much a crowd pleaser, unless you're some dopey asshole guy trying to get into a woman's only screening of it in New York and then decides to write an article about it. Jeez. I don't. I don't know anything about that. Uh, the Alamo Drafthouse uh, was doing uh, women's only uh, screenings of it, or a women's only screening in um, New York, just because it was kind of a cool thing of like, hey, let's watch a kick-ass female hero, yeah, directed by a kick-ass female director, and let's just have like a, a just a total like you know I don't want to say safe space, but let's just let's have like a a really like female collective experience. And so they weren't like he bought a ticket. It's not like he wasn't able to buy a ticket, but I think uh, either like they sort of kind of questioned him at the door kind of thing. Like they weren't allowed to stop him. Yeah. But like and he could have gone in there, but he would have been the one guy who decided to to show up to this all women. Yeah. To this women's showing of this movie and just kind of like be the wet blanket. And he decided like. But what was the point? Was he just trying to infiltrate just to infiltrate or he's a. 
internet writer. He was doing it so he had something to write about. So he's and, being a fucking jerk. Yeah, he was doing a, He was trying to get something so he would have like a story to write about. God, I hope he lost all his followers because oh, that's sh- just a jerk fucking move. I'm sure all the men's rights activists are like, yeah, we we don't have men's only screenings for things. Blah. Shut and up. It's like, yeah, but every movie is about a guy punching yeah. another guy and in the face, a male so. director for yeah. the most part. So really, ninety like, percent. Like, and then uh, the best part is though the Alamo Draft House. Uh, responded to this by creating more women's only screenings across the country in their various locations fabulous proceeds from them being donated to Planned Parenthood oh my god that's like the perfect comeback so yeah absolutely thank you for drawing attention to this you douche yeah Uh, you've actually helped a lot of like you've helped a very good cause by the time it was all said and done you still are kind of stupid though. yeah you are a pain in the puss but yeah, I think that was uh, that was a great response they had though to to do that. Oh, just um to piggyback what, off of what you were saying about like the perfect time to um in the fight scenes like they knew the exact perfect time to like take off and like to leave it was the humor in it was the same way like oh nice it perfectly planned it's you know it's organic it feels organic it feels real and it doesn't feel like overly pushed so you kind of get this like it was funny but it was subtle well and there's something nice about like a a restrained humor like um well because speaking of like of, of the leftovers one of the saddest shows on tv there is always like one line like per episode kind of that's so absurd or like just it's like it's uh it's it's almost like gallows humor it's sort of just like you're laughing through the pain kind of thing and there's always like one line where todd and i straight up like guffaw and it's not like we're not pausing for chuckles here on this show it's not like they're going for that yeah but you can't help but sort of smile at people's reactions even in the face of sadness that they'll say something that's just funny yeah um and sports night was the same way like even when that show had a shitty laugh track that was the worst there was like one joke per episode that i would just like laugh for like four minutes about the more i thought about the funnier it was yeah yeah she had i mean this film has those moments well i'm excited to see it i really i can't wait till you do well i really wish i could have given it money see it in 3d yeah imax did you do that in both both times or just the once well i only saw it once if somebody's listening but yeah oh i thought you oh my bad (laughs) I, i just assumed no, uh, yeah, the um, first time I saw it was 3D and um, IMAX, and it was it was fucking stunning at nice. the Chinese theater. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. God, if that gets back to me, because <laughs> <laughs> I went on a date for the second time, and he thinks it's the only time I saw it. So, oh well, the jig is up. <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> you, you could edit this out <laughs> well, what's the fun in that <laughs> yeah. um live life on the edge <laughs> <laughs> um i guess also um one other thing I, I really want to do is i want to start the new season of house of cards oh yeah well I, my I, roommates already started it and living for it i think that's another thing i have to wait for uh, and robin wright oh i love her so much also, oh she's in wonder woman isn't she's she? so good in wonder woman nice yeah, because yeah, I love, love, love her in uh, House of Cards. But yeah, it's um, it's so weird. I, from what I hear, a lot of people are watching House of Cards like they love it. But at the same time, it's just a little too much like a mirror to the political spectacle that we are living in now. So um, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. 
So anywho, well, that oh, back to Wonder Woman. Ooh. Same thing is because remember, I don't. It all comes back to Wonder Woman, uh, right? In the end, right? It does really though. A couple weeks ago, we mentioned that we thought that this took place in World War Two. It's actually World War One, but oh, okay. But her origin, her real origin story, takes place in World War Two. Okay. So that's I think where we got confused. They changed it for this movie, oh. which is. Perfect because I mean it really kind of mirrors our political climate oh, right now. Yeah, yeah. But it also gives it a very fresh kind of feeling, like like you know um, the German Nazi power is the ultimate villain, and having Wonder Woman against the ultimate villain is just a really cool, just like an ode to good versus evil. <laughs> so. And also on the Wonder Woman thing, uh, there was a whole group of people at work who went to go see it on Thursday night. Oh, without um, you. Yeah, well, I was I was working, so yeah. I didn't go. Um, but it was like a work thing because before the movie, there is a big animated thing for DC. Like, you know, like how Marvel has the pages flipping and it shows all oh, characters yeah, yeah. and it says Marvel. Did you guys do that? We did the one for DC. Oh, it's so good, too. So that is uh, that is our, our baby. Yeah. I did not work on it, but... Um, our very 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 talented graphics team did yeah it's it's really cool that intro awesome so what are you playing more wonder woman injustice <laughs> 2 <laughs> wonder woman you're supposed to be playing as poison ivy i did that too okay how is that uh like, the people came here to find out what your thoughts on poison ivy are i know right poison ivy's good yeah. she's She's good. Uh, uh, this I, I really like Injustice 2. There are some things they improved on and then some things they greatly disimproved on. Disimproved? Unimproved? Not improved? Made worse. Made worse on. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the graphics are better. Let me just go through the things that I want to like just kind of like go over with this game. I hear the game. facial animations are real good. Yeah. The the whole character animations are good. It it's like a cartoon, like a digital Damn. cartoon. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like the textures, the sounds, the music, the the face, like their expressions. Like you were saying, everything is spot on. They got it down. Like it's a beautiful game. The backgrounds are stunning. The colors, like the all the designs of the characters are really great. What happens is it le- it starts off right after God's Among Us. Okay. So it just kind of takes off from that point on, and Superman is still in jail because that's what happened. Did you play God's Among Us? Uh, I didn't finish. No. Well, he's in jail in the end, so it starts, and basically this whole game. Couldn't he just, like, so. melt the bars or something or, like, bend it's them? It's a very special prison. Okay. Or I just didn't know if he was, like, a stand-up dude, and he's in jail, and he's like, well, I'm Superman, and I'm in jail, and I just accept that. I'm sure it's, like, has, like, crypt, uh, kryptonite, kryptonite something. laced something going on okay. there. No, I was just, I'm, I'm definitely... Mm-hmm. Curious, or I guess technically, if he's denied sunlight, doesn't that like depower him? Yeah. So, well, he doesn't have sunlight. Look at me knowing comic books. I didn't even know that. Well, but I think that was the whole thing that Man of Steel explained, and that like he's solar powered. He's solar powered, and like Earth gets more sun than Krypton does. That's why he's like super powered on Earth when he wouldn't have been on Krypton. Hmm. You I pay think. more attention than I do. Well, I saw Man of Steel twice for some reason in theaters. Hmm. Not because I loved it. I don't know why I saw it twice, though. Yeah. It, it was good. It was fine. Yeah. My sister played on the soundtrack of that one. Oh. So it was kind of fun. That's cool. That's awesome. She did not play on Wonder Woman, I don't think. But she did play on the new Pirates. Well, is she, does she do... Inst- oh, yeah, because she plays the French horn. Yep. I knew that. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Um, there oh. are oh, back to it. Yeah. There are some characters that I wish they would have kept in it. There's no even though she wasn't a fan favorite. I loved um, Zatanna from. I know you don't know any of these characters. I'm, but I'm leaning in to learn though. She's kind of like the magician. Okay. And well, does she have her own sort of comic stuff, or is she, she does? Like, okay. She has her own comics. And does she ever? But she's also with part characters? of the Justice League at some point. Oh, okay. She has a whole history. Okay. Yeah, she basically looks like a Playboy bunny with a top hat, and yeah. Okay. But she's super powerful. She's a magician. She can like alter like perceptions and things like that. So she's not in. Batgirl is not in this one. Does that mean that like she's taken the bullet to the spine at this point? Oh, no. Well, it didn't happen in Gods Among Us. So. Okay. No, the killing like, joke has not happened yet. Okay, so she's not, she has not become Oracle. She's not Oracle. Which I only know that because of Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh-huh. Because like all the little character bios, I read them. Did you? And that's how I learned about Barbara Gordon's outcome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The killing joke. That was tragic. Yeah, I had no idea. And then, of course, they actually show you that. If you want to borrow it, I have it. Well, then they actually show you that scene, I think, in um, Batman Arkham Knight. Yeah. I think you're right. If I, yeah. yeah. That is, it was one of the more dramatic. I mean, because he shoots her right in the spine. Yeah. And shatters her vertebrae. Yikes. Messy. So what other characters are you missing? Um, well, Lex Luthor's not in this one. Is he a fighter? He is because he's in a, like a suit. Like oh. in, a, in a, almost like, like an a... Like exosuit thing? Right. Like a power loader from Aliens? Like a power loader for Aliens. Or I was thinking the um, t- uh, Titan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. some sort of mech suit. Yeah. So, but we did get some new characters. We got Swamp Thing. Ooh. He's really good. Really powerful. Poison Ivy, who yes. I've been rooting for all week. I, I really do like her... There's something about the fighting, this fighting style, because like I like like how Street Fighter is a little more fluid in mm-hmm. the fighting, but this has more of the Mortal Kombat fighting style. Yeah, so more it's, special move driven kind of thing, and it's harder for me to execute moves in this, mm. which drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> um, curious on the Poison Ivy front. I know there's multiple uh, costumes for everybody. Yeah, uh, are the two buns that look like horns from Uma Thurman an option? Well. I do not know, only because this is one of the sad things about this game that I wanted to really like, but it's not a great system, is yes, you can choose your costumes. You, It's really time-consuming to build up the points to oh, get these costumes. It's, it's like the all randomized. It's like the Crypt in Mortal Kombat, kind of. Yep. Mm. It's all randomized, and the, the other really awful thing about it is it's all level based. So almost everything I've, um, the items I've unlocked are level 20 and I'm still on level one because it takes so long to um, upgrade one character. Oh. So I'm like, I'm going to have this damn thing for years. I'm not going to be able to use it. What's the <laughs> point? So yeah. Uh, and the other weird thing is every single costume piece gives you like power ups and things like that. So you're not really choosing your costume you're trying to equip the best armor for your person, which is not necessarily how you want them to look, but you want them to be the most powerful. Hmm. So I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wish it was more of like the multiplayer from Uncharted where you just have ridiculous costumes and you could just costume change the fuck out of them and yeah. no create whatever on, you want. Yeah. Performance. 
Exactly. So that was a little bit sad. And um, there's no, there's less blood in this one, which sucks. You can't tear away the costumes like you could in the original. And the super moves are a little bit less impressive. Does Aquaman look more like Jason Momoa? He looks like, uh, uh, what's his face? He looks like Arthur Curry. I don't know who that is. The uh, Aquaman. Oh, Jason from um, Game of Thrones? Who's playing Aquaman in the movie? No, he's, Boo. he looks like the OG. Boo! Two out of ten. Not you're, okay. You're gonna hate my crush of the week. Oh no! <laughs> not that I'm saying who it is. It better not be. I mean, it's, I guess it's not Jason Momoa. It's so. not Jason Momoa. Whatever. Lame. <laughs> How do you see his last name? Momoa. Momoa. Almost yeah. like mimosa. It's M O M O A. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. Call Drogo forever. Yes. Mm. Only one season though. I know. Sorry. Um, so well, are you playing anything else? Uh, no. What are you playing? Uh, well, I finished near Automata or Automata. Like, honestly, the jury's out because there's like Automaton is a thing. So I feel like Automata makes sense. You'll have to take that with Travis. Uh, that was his thing. At the end of ending <laughs> E because I unlocked ending C, D, and E. So mm. I've done all five major endings. It is officially uh, over. Like there's still 21 other endings of which I've accomplished like three of them. Um, but like I'm done with the game for now. Um, at the very end, there's like a little robot voice that comes on saying something like, you know, oh, thank you for you. Uh, you can go back and, and continue to play near Automata. That's how they said it. And I was like, the game itself said that. But like just normal English would make you think it should be automata. And even when you, if you look it up, like that's that word. Wait, how are we supposed to say it now? I'm I don't know. The game says automata, but like but standard English logic says that you should really be saying automata. So I don't know. The most recent oh. near game. I'll just probably call it that until a new one comes out. Um, oh. But yeah, so I, I accomplished ending C, D, and E, which remember how when I talked about my first playthrough, how I felt like the ending crept up on me? Yeah. I feel justified in that now because, to be honest, like ignoring the second playthrough because the second playthrough is just a retelling of the first playthrough. Right. If the first playthrough went directly into the third, it would be like act one and two with a big sort of cliffhangery dramatic thing at the end of act two. And then the third playthrough feels like act three. It feels like because it does. It, it picks right up at the end of the initial endings. And so mm-hmm. like it's not a retelling. It's an extension. And that last playthrough feels like if they just done playthrough one and playthrough three stuck together with no credit sequence in between it would have been an interesting sort of longer game that just told one more complex story okay um but playthrough two gives you context for things that don't make sense in playthrough one how long did it take you to get through the the c d Um, okay so total time i believe is 28 hours and it was 16 for my first playthrough six for my uh, second one, and then I guess six more for my final playthrough. And at the okay. end of, uh, so I accomplished ending C at the end of uh, my third playthrough, and then you get a chapter select unlocked. So you can go right back and make a different choice at the ending, which gives you ending D. Oh, and once wow. you've accomplished both endings C and D, then you get an, a choice to do an alternate thing during the credit sequence, which gives you ending E. 
Are you kind of over that game now that you've done so much with it? Um, I mean, I, I I liked it a lot. Um, and I I'm not over it. I'm not gonna play it anymore. Yeah. Right now, um, it's I might done. come back to it later. Yeah, I do feel like it's pretty complete in my book. You, you did it. Um, but and it's weird though. I I still I still am having a hard time figuring out how I feel about it. But if it's anything like near, um, it's called near in America, but near Gestalt is the official title in Japan. Um, when I finished Nier years ago, um, I remembered finishing it and thinking to myself, this might have been the most mediocre game I've ever finished. And it's strange, though. I remember so much of it, and I think about it all the time. Like, it is a game that gets better with more thought and with age. Um, it's combat and it's mechanics, and all these things may not have aged especially well, but in my mind, it is a game that I just can't stop thinking about. Hmm. And that says something. Yeah. Like... There are games that I finished this year that I can't tell you how they ended. Like, four months ago, I finished, you know, some sort of game. I can't tell you what the ending was at all. I don't remember it. Um, but Near, I played seven years ago, six years ago. And it's still, there, there are just moments of it that are crystal clear in my mind. Um, and so I do feel like this, this game will be a game that I probably continue to think about. And it'll probably only appreciate. That's like me with Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. I love that game so much, and there are just points in that game, like levels, that I can constantly just think of and remember with complete clarity that I don't really get when I play other games. I mean, there are are things I remember, like you'll never forget Mario Brothers and things like that, but this game has left, like, certain levels have, like, imprinted themselves on my mind. Well, and so many games, you know, I mean, especially, like, last year, me playing through, what, 44 games last year, like, so many of them are, were experiences that I enjoyed as I did them, and Uh then I can't tell you anything about them aside from that. Like, there's no detail. I actually don't even remember what, like, the main plot of Watch Dogs 2 was, and I spent, like, 30 hours playing that game, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't really tell you a whole lot. I mean, I can give you like some, like the the antagonist and his motivations. I don't remember. Interesting. Um, Wasn't there a trans character in that? There was. Yeah, I think we we talked about. Yeah, that. and there was a character with Aspergers. Like it just it's a cool it was a cool game. It did a lot of really great shit. Hmm. Um, and I remember what the bad guy looked like, and I remember like his character personalities or his character trait kind of thing. But I don't remember why he was doing anything he was doing. Hmm. Interesting. So, um. Yeah, yeah so, so you must have really liked Nier. I did. I, I Far, wherever you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so that happened. Um, I just downloaded, I mean, I have no time to play them, but I downloaded Rhyme and Eternal Ring from, uh, from software that we talked about yes. a couple weeks ago. I downloaded both of those. Sweet. And uh, I look forward to playing them someday. Yeah. Um, but I bought them. Because uh, you do. Yeah, well, now they're at least on my dashboard. Because you're da- Rob. Now they're on my dashboard, <laughs> and they're reminding me to play them. Yeah. Uh, and um, this is a weird one, though. So, okay, after I finished Nier, uh, I got this urge, and I happened to see, like, there was a there was a huge backward compatible sale on Xbox, where um, a lot of Xbox 360 games that are backward compatible were on, like, super crazy mega sale. Hmm. And so um, I figured what the fuck let's do it so um i went and i bought dead space 2 for like six bucks love dead space because i love the first one so i'm excited about the second one um it was like six bucks and also i saw assassin's creed rogue was um backward compatible now which i have a disc of that somewhere but i can't find it it's like the one of the few times i misplaced a disc you had to get this one i i have the case but no disc it's really annoying and i but i really i want to play it because it is the only console like major console 
Assassin's Creed game that I have not played through and finished. Hmm. And so, because um, of course it came out. The I don't s- even remember Rogue. Rogue was the, it was the one that came out for the Xbox 360 and the PS3 the same like week that Assassin's Creed Unity came out on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So like that was the year where like the French Revolution one came out for next gen systems and Assassin's Creed Rogue came out for previous generations. And when systems. does it, what era is that in? Uh, it is the Seven Years War, I think it is. Um, so it's. Uh, like the War of the Roses? You know, it's like post colonial, or it's, it's colonial America, I believe. Like either just post or just or oh like yeah during. yeah 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 and you play as an assassin who changes sides and joins the templars oh wow and so um but i realized like, i had never played it and the crazy like i i worked on the trailer campaign for it so like we cut down the story trailer for instagram and all that sort of stuff and i subtitled all their trailers for like 18 languages and um we designed the graphics package for the title of the game hmm. at my old job. But um, so I got a free copy of it, but I never played it because I played Unity instead because I wanted a game that showed the off my new PS4. Yeah. And we also worked on the Unity campaign too. But like uh, I, so I had Rogue and I never touched it. And so now I am playing through Assassin's Creed Rogue. I'm getting caught up. I should have played it last year since there was no Assassin's Creed game last year. It would have been the perfect time to do it. Because I kind of figure like, yeah. you know, one Assassin's Creed game per year is kind of what I need to be playing. And I just couldn't do two in that one year. And I should have done this last year because all we had was that terrible movie. Oh, God. Yeah, right. So I didn't see it, so I can't comment on it. But yeah, it, I only you, know what you told me. Yeah, you can join in <laughs> on that one. It's just not good. So anyway, yeah, so I'm playing Assassin's Creed Rogues. I'm playing a, like a several year old last generation game right now. Hey, you know what? That's what we do we play games doesn't matter what gen yep but you know uh, i i didn't we didn't really get to talk about it and i don't really want too much but i beat prey <laughs> Even, i brought that up last yes i remember hearing yes, that i did that's all i'll say <laughs> it was good <laughs> if you want to hear about it and what i think about it you can listen to the last week's podcast but i'm yeah. excited to dig into it um you'll like it's it sitting on my shelf just waiting once you get the hang of it, you you can get through it. It's just when you're building up your character, it just takes a lot of patience. Well, it really does feel like it's a combination of like survival, Bioshock, and Deus Ex, which I played both of those. And Deus Ex is a thing where like your character abilities are very limited. You have a choice. Can you lift heavy objects or can you hack something? Yeah. And then you make that choice and you live with it. That's right. So yeah. I, I'm prepared. I think. Good. I hope. You could do it. Yeah. Yeah. 100. Nice. <laughs> so, um, do we have anything to learn? We do. Oh. We have a word of the week. Athleisure. One more time? <laughs> well, there's different ways of saying it, but um, you could say athleisure or athleisure. Okay. And it's a noun, and it's like athlete and leisure. Athleisure. Okay. So, and is leisure spelled like leisure, as in like leisure time? Yes. Athleisure. It's kind of a newer word. Really? I just thought it was interesting because, I mean, it's current. It's like a trend. Oh. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I mean, is it like a thing where, like, it's an athletic leisure yeah. thing? Well, so you said athlete and leisure. Like, that was a big hint. Yeah. So, okay. So, it is like as if, like, you know, like, people hiking for fun. <laughs> Yeah, basically. It's kind of like wearing clothes that you would wear on a hike leisurely. Oh, oh it's like women who wear yoga pants all day. Yeah, a style of clothing worn as apparel, but also suitable for casual everyday wear. Lululemon. 
Thank you. Lululemon. That's it. Interesting. Hashtag Lululemon. Yeah, athleisure. So it's All right then. It's current. Yeah, look at that. bleeding and it has, edge. Yeah, and it has... Who would have known that something like that would have had a term to go with it? Right? That's weird. Yeah. So now you all know something. Right. Well, do you have any news for us? Or for everyone listening out in uh, podcast? I have land? a... Yeah, I have a few things. Um, something that made me a little bit sad is that TNT is stopping the revival of the Tales from the Crypt reboot. Hmm. So that's not happening. Okay. Which I liked Tales from the Crypt. I don't know no, if you liked I, it. I love Tales from the Crypt. If anything, the reboot made me nervous. Okay. Uh, I kind of felt it should have been left alone. Although there was a name attached to it that I was excited about, I think. Like, who was, do you know who was making this Tales from the Crypt reboot that just got killed? It was somebody like... Like Sam Raimi or somebody? It was somebody that, that actually I was excited to have them involved, I believe. Or it was someone, sorry, it was either someone that I was excited about doing it or someone that I really didn't want them to do it. Uh, it could have gone either way. I was a, I, I was excited, but I was a little bit sad because my friend John, who I actually did this last film with, I premiered a, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He does. The, he is the voice of the original Crypt Keeper. John Casser? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He played opposite. Well, I played opposite of him in in a, a scene in the movie, and um, yeah, he is had no part in this, and I, which made me a little sad oh. because it was a different. Different company was making it. It's not. Was it HBO originally? It was HBO originally. Yeah, yeah. Now it's TNT, so they couldn't use the same people. So okay, yeah. I looked it up and Who? Who's yes. attached? Tales from the Crypt the reboot made me. I was excited because I like Tales from the Crypt. I was nervous because no John Casser as the yeah. Crypt Keeper, which I think the Crypt Keeper is stupid amounts of charming. I love that character. I think he is just as fun as the day is long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the uh, filmmaker that was sort of the impetus for the whole thing made me very, very nervous. Who? M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, God. I mean, and like, although apparently he's back on the upswing, like he's making things that aren't terrible again. But uh, I think he has just as much potential to fall back into mediocrity as he, as he you know, did before. I mean, because it seems like, what, The Visit... You know what, the Tales from the Crypt might be right up his alley. I don't think he does campy. I think he does stuff that thinks it's good and it isn't at times. Yeah, like that's the happening true. And I think the it's more of a Sam Raimi thing. Because, yeah, like Sam Raimi is tongue-in-cheek and fun. That would have been a good Tales from the Crypt producer. That would be really fun. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I, I hear Split was good. I actually never got a chance to see it. And I definitely, I heard The Visit is really good, too. But, like, if you look at, you know, Lady in the Water, After Earth, The Village, The Happening. I did like The Village. I feel like all of I'm them. the only one, I think. I think so. I think It's because I like the soundtrack a lot. But I feel like all those movies thought they were really doing something special, when in fact they were all just not. Yeah. Just but, to build up for a, a cheap thrill at the end. Yeah, I, and I don't need a twist ending. I just need something that's good. Yeah. Like, you can make something. Did you see Unbreakable? Yes, and I liked it a lot. That was him, right? Yes. Yeah. His first three were good. Uh, I really liked... Anything and, with Bruce Willis. Like, Everything after that, bye. No. Because, <laughs> uh, like, The Sixth Sense was great, but also the funny thing is about Sixth Sense, it didn't even need the twist to be a good movie. I liked the, the twist. The, oh, the twist locked it Especially in. Especially then. And it was great. Yeah. It was a total surprise. But that movie was fine anyway. But with the twist, it was just, it sealed the deal. Yeah. Then I felt like that he... That movie was fucking scary too. And then he started like relying on these last second reveals to make his movie pay off. And the trick is you just need to make a movie that pays off before that. 
Yeah. Um, and like Unbreakable, I liked. I liked Signs a lot until the very end. Yeah. Agreed. Like I didn't need. I didn't need to see that damn alien. Well, I yeah, exa- and I didn't need um all of these things that just never made any sense to suddenly pay off. Like the movie was flat out scary. Yeah, it was scary. It was good. And then the end. I got forgot sh- he did signs. And then the end got schmaltzy, and it was unnecessary. But signs up until then was wonderful. And a, a, also, a really bad film he did was The Last Airbender. I forgot he did that. It was awful. The longest awful ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I remember being really surprised that, um, was it that Split, a lot of it advertised without his name for a while. But and then did I think Split do well? Split did well. And to be honest, I hear it was good. And so I think huh. by the time that they realized like, oh, this movie's not terrible, like then they were like, no, we can put his name on it and like we can kind of bring him back, I think. Because I think a lot of people were he like... He did a TV show too that did well. Oh, Wayward Pines. I think mm. was was the show that he produced, which yeah. I read that trilogy of books. Huh. They were interesting. Okay. I never watched the show, though. Yeah. Well, Tales from the Crypt, not coming back. Well, I'm sad, but also I like that the initial show gets to maintain its legacy of being the campy, over-the-top comic book, pulpy fucking show. Yeah. Like, we, we still recommend, even to this day, even though they're that old. They're like 20 years old now, but they're still good. I actually tried to do a, uh, a complete watch-through of that series um, just, I want to say last year, I think I started trying to do that. And, it didn't um, work out. I just didn't make it, uh, but I mean, I, I need to just get back into it because I really, like, I was very yeah. much enjoying it. They're, they're like the... Um, the horror answer to the Twilight Zone. Well, and and like the funny is there's so many actors in there that weren't really famous at the time. Oh, even well, even Tim Curry had an episode. And... Well, Daniel Craig was in one of them. Oh, really? Like, there's a lot of people who weren't famous yet, and then there are a lot of people who were were very famous. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the episodes. More. A lot, so many people in those. A lot of the episodes are directed by Fred Decker, who is the director of The Monster Squad. Oh my god, I was just talking about The Monster Squad today, too. And he, um, but like there's a, uh, and of course like what, Robert Zemeckis did a bunch of episodes, Richard Donner did. Wow. Like there's a lot of really famous people that did it, and one of my absolute favorites is one of the early um, episodes, I want to say it was like. Was it Deadly Night, Silent Night? Yes, where the escaped uh, Santa yep. convict. Uh, and this one might, it's fucking scary. And the lead actress in it is Mary Ellen Trainer, who was the mom in The Goonies. Oh, and, shut up. And, She's so good. And she played the sister in uh, Romancing the Stone. And like, it's weird. I think when I saw, I mean, I watched Tales from the Crypt as a kid, and it was wildly I inappropriate. I think that won an Emmy. I wouldn't episode. surprise me because like, yeah. it, it was wildly inappropriate for kids to watch, but I watched it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think I realized how like bad on purpose the acting is, and especially in that episode. She is so hammy, uh-huh. but like she's doing pulpy comic horror. It's wonderful. It's perfect. But she is so over the top. That's like what makes it work. Yeah. It's so, because it, it is an interesting show because it actually has legit scares, but also you're kind of laughing. When he's climbing up the ladder and she <laughs> sees him going up and then he looks down and sees her, I still cringe <laughs> every time I think of that part. Yeah. It like gives me nightmares. So, Tales in the Crypt, we will always have the good years from before. Yeah. It's okay. 
Yeah, I'll tell John. <laughs> Seriously, oh my God, I want to like, I want to meet I him and hang out with him, and I need him to sign my copy of the Tales from the Crypt Christmas record because I do. Did have I it. show you the video of in my phone with him and I? No. Oh, I'll show it. He okay, sings good. "Merry Christmas" with for me because like I have the Tales from the Crypt Christmas record, and that was my and, brother's first CD album. Like, that CD is hilarious. Yeah, and then uh, my funny my first job out of college, um, I decided to look up my boss on allmusic.com and see what her credits were she produced that record shut the front door and like i called her out i was like i was like oh my god i you you worked on the tales in the crypt christmas record she's like yeah and i was like i have i think i have two copies of it because i think i thought i lost one so i bought another one and then i ended up finding my original like i love that record i'm gonna have to show this video to you then super short cute uh, my well, my other other thing for news is um I noticed that a lot of articles right now, like the majority of articles on video games, if you go through them, are about games as a service. Oh yeah, okay. Like the service model, mm-hmm. and you know how I was always saying I do not buy DLCs. Yeah, it's just not my thing. Yeah, I, it's becoming a problem. Well, like for a lot of, I mean. Obviously, it's to keep a game alive. Yeah, and it's to expand the the storyline and of a game. And I get it because a game can only they're already long when you purchase them in the store. Yeah, but why do you have to keep adding shit and adding things to it well, that I have to buy for it? <laughs> it it makes I mean it makes sense to me. Like it is a way to reuse ex- assets they've already built because that's the problem. Like every game now has years and years and years of development time yeah. so you have a choice do you want to wait another what four or five years to get the next numbered game in the series yeah um or are you willing to sort of let them use the groundwork they've already built to give you another 10-hour experience for 10 bucks four months later you know like there's but do you think i i think that's fair fair but do you think it's also fair that you could get a game that's not finished well it, I there's there's a difference. I like DLC that expands upon a game mm-hmm. is valid. DLC that completes a game is not okay. Okay. Like there there should be no games ever released that are incomplete. Gotcha. Um there was one game that like to be honest, uh the DLC structure on it would have bothered me except they did it really well. Mm. And that was Assassin's Creed 2. Okay. Cuz in Assassin's Creed 2, did you play you do you do you even play Assassin's Creed in general, do you? Or, I played or, Oh, you played Syndicate. I played one Brotherhood Syndicate. Okay. I think, and, and three, but I didn't play all the way through three. So in Assassin's Creed 2, you know how there's always memory sequences and they're yeah. numbered? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I want to say there's 13 memory sequences or 14 in um, Assassin's Creed 2, and two of them are corrupted and you don't get to play them. Oh. And so say there's, say there's 14 chapters, chapters 12 and 13, corrupted, you don't get to use them. So uh, like you play through chap- like sequence 11, and all of a sudden like you hear Shane... Uh, was it Sean and Rebecca talking about how this, these memories are corrupted? You can't access them. Maybe we'll come back to them later. Let's keep going. And all of a sudden, boom, you flash forward like, I don't know, a couple of years for the final assassination for the ending for Assassin's Creed 2. Okay. It just leaps forward in time. And you're kind of like, well, how did we get here? Like, what's the deal? And then this is the, the very beginning of DLC. And then they released 
sequence 12 and sequence 13 as paid content they were like two bucks they were really they were super cheap okay and so at least the price was right yeah and it was kind of fun because the game was interesting anyway with this little bit of mystery yeah and then these were a way for them to fill in those gaps okay um i don't know like part of me is like well, that's kind of sleazy that they literally built a hole in their game that they had to fill mm-hmm um, and there's something, there's a special place in hell, I feel, for any developer that... A special place in hell. Yeah. <laughs> for any developer that se- that sells you something, like uh, a DLC uh, packing or package or something, that um, is, when you download it, it's 108 kilobytes, and all it does is unlock something that's already on the disk. Okay. That's yeah. not okay. You should not use DLC to lock away stuff on the disk. Yeah. If it's on the disk... You should own it. it yeah. But you already like, purchased it. But yeah, if it's something that they're developing to enhance the game or extend it, I'm okay with that. Okay, so then what do you think about this? In Injustice 2, you can fight through the game and you get Brainiac as a character that you can win in the game if, mm-hmm. if you beat story mode. Yeah. But the only way you can unlock Dark Seed is if you buy him for six bucks as a DLC. I don't think that is... That ain't fair. Yeah, well, also, I don't like that... He's already made. Yeah, well, also, I don't like the fact that some games are selling boosters to speed up your progress. Oh, I don't know. Because like, like, let's say, I don't know if Prey did this, but Deus Ex did this. You know, like, in Prey, you need whatever. You need a certain sort of, like, a kit or something to increase, to activate new powers. Like, when you level up, you get, like, a thing. Um, In Deus Ex, you get Praxis kits, and you use those to unlock new abilities. Like, every time you level up, you you earn a Praxis kit. You could also go to the PlayStation Store, give them 10 bucks, and you get 12 Praxis kits. So you can just... Stupid. Speed up your progress if you're having a hard time, which I think is a little lame that you can sort of pay to win. It's kind of on that freemium cell phone model. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, it is weird to think that, uh, what, Darkseed is... D- is DLC from day one. I don't love the idea of that, although I'm kind of curious, like, if you buy, like, the Ultimate Edition of Injustice 2, does it include him? Because often... I'm sure it will. because, yeah, you know, like, a lot of times... But for, that's not coming out for a while. Well, no, like, or, or, or did, they, did they do one version of Injustice 2, or did they do, like, a version oh, of Oh, you're right, there more? is a $100 version. So I bet you that probably comes with everything, which includes, like, probably... It's probably a now. season pass yeah, and for all new characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I bet you they give you, you that one now. You could be right. So, like, it's, fighting games are, are hard because, yeah, like, they want to extend it and they want to sell you these packs of characters later. I do think it's a little weird to have DLC at day one because there's no reason that it shouldn't have been on the disc. Well, if anything, like, if they um, have Poison as a DLC for Street Fighter Five and I can purchase her, I will purchase Poison. <laughs> so you put her out there and I'll buy her. That'll hey. probably be, like, the only time I'm like, okay, I will buy a DLC character. I bought Hot Ryu because, you know. Oh, you bought him? Yeah, he was like two bucks. Because I didn't. He was like two bucks. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was more than that. Wait. He was like six bucks. He was worth whatever price I paid. <laughs> For his pecs. I regret nothing. I regret nothing. <laughs> um, so I have only two little bits of news. Okay. Um, Middle Earth Shadow of War was delayed Ah, oh, bummer. Until October. Okay, that's not too far. It's not too bad. It got pushed two months. Um, bummer, yes, but uh, I am that guy that feels like if you have to delay your game to make it good, yeah. please do. Yeah. Don't give me something that's broken. Yeah, agree. So I, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, Shadow of Mordor was one of my favorite games I still haven't played Shadow of Mordor, oh, but I have so it. Oh, it's so good. I have it. I just have to play it. It's so good. It's like Assassin's Creed meets Batman. Yeah, I I watched Travis play a lot of it, so I feel like I've 
played it, but I haven't played it, you know? Yeah, it was a good experience. I had a really great time playing that. And at first I didn't. I started playing it and I think I wandered into an area I shouldn't have. And I was just like, this game's too hard and I don't like it. Yeah. And I decided to give it another go because I had to capture footage of it for the Dice Awards when it was like nominated like 10 times. Yeah. And next thing I knew, even though I didn't need to capture footage anymore, I was still playing it because it was real good. Yeah. So I'm very excited about the sequel. Um, it looks it looks pretty. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. Anything Lord of the Rings though, I'm I'm there. Well, yeah, I'm I'm not just in. They don't have me all the way. Like if anything, I felt this game would might have been better if it wasn't Lord of the Rings based. How dare <laughs> Although you? Although it paid off by the time it was done, I really had a great time. Okay. Um, and then also this is some sad news. I'm surprised you didn't say anything about it, but um. Netflix has started canceling TV shows, and the first show that they've canceled is Sense8. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Sense8 is not getting the third season. Oh, that is a bummer. Yeah. And I, of course, and as I say this, I realize we have talked more about TV, I think, than we have video games this episode. This has been like the TV episode. But we talked about Wonder Woman. We did. Oh, and a movie. Okay, good. Which kind of went into Injustice 2. All right. Well, like, we're good. And I'm curious, actually, on the TV front, are you watching the new Twin Peaks? I never watched the original Twin Peaks. Okay. All right, then. So, no. Okay. Because I would not even know what I'm getting myself into. Well, from what I hear, the new season is crazy, even for people who did watch the original series. Like, it's David Lynch completely unleashed. Just, like, he can do what he wants, and he is doing some weird stuff. Um, huh. Can you honest, watch it without seeing the originals? I don't think that's recommended. Yeah. Um... I, uh, and it's weird, in Twin Peaks, that show, like the original Twin Peaks, is a show I always meant to get into, and I just couldn't. I, I really need to give it another go, because I hear it's great. Um, but it just starts off real slow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway. How, how are we on time? Because I have one more other thing I want to mention. We're, we're good. Keep going. We're good. So, have you heard of the Hawkeye Initiative? No. My roommate told me about this, and I was like, I I didn't know this was an actual thing, but I love that it is. Like Hawkeye, like the Jeremy Renner character? From from Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the Hawkeye Initiative is basically this this site, I guess. It's started by someone. I don't even know who it started by. But they basically put Hawkeye in poses that female characters are posed in. <gasps> I have heard about, or I didn't know that was the name, but I've seen because, those. Because the women's poses are always very sexist. Yes. So they have different artists like submit their work of Hawkeye in these like provocative poses. Yes, I've seen those. It's so good. Well, like there was a thing where they were taking um, animations of like female characters in Street Fighter Five, uh-huh. and assigning them to the male character models, like Hot oh, Ryu. Oh my! Okay. So, like, there's shots of like Hot Ryu like bending over and slapping his ass. Thinking his ass. Yeah. Like there are yeah, the hockey. Uh, that's that. That's amazing. Well, and like one of the best things ever for uh, the Wolf Among Us, that uh, Telltale game based on fables. Yeah. Uh, someone assigned the stripper movement to the character Ooh. of Bigby, and so all of a sudden, like he's shirtless and just like grinding on an invisible. I think pole. you told. Yeah, you brought that up at one point. I love that uh, gif. Hilarious. I love it. Yeah, but I didn't. I knew what it was. I just didn't know it had a name. Yeah, me neither. The Hawkeye Initiative. That's why that I hadn't started thought about it all it in forever. Yeah, I guess it started in two thousand nine. Because yeah, some some of those uh, women's poses are flat out impossible. Like yeah. to bend your back that way. And it looks. I mean, it seems possible 
from like in when you're looking at the women do it, but then when you see the men do it, it's like it looks oh, completely yeah. distorted. Bodies don't bend that way. Yeah, bodies don't do that. So I, why did it look okay when she did it, but not when he does it? Yeah, weird. Double standard. It's a double standard, and I don't like that. So, so you crush. Who's this crush that I'm going to groan at? Can you guess? I'm guessing it's Aquaman. Yeah. Well, it's I cheated. It's the Men of Injustice too. <laughs> but with you should have just saved those for weeks now, so you could have used I them know, like as we went that's on. That's not fun. I want I want to be challenged because <laughs> then it's just like comic book characters. All right, fine. But um, Aquaman's my I I just like him because he looks like the the Arthur Curry Aquaman, which is like the OG like blonde. I don't know, Mormon-looking Aquaman, I guess you could say. He just looks really wholesome and kind of sexy in this because he has, like, these, um, well, his tights. He has a nice butt. <laughs> this, this game is basically filled with male porn stars. Every <laughs> single character in this game has the best ass you've ever seen in your life, and they're all, like, perfectly defined and delicious and sleek, and it's really beautiful nice so but i had two runners up um bruce wayne and superman both look really hot in this too not batman bruce wayne batman you can't even see he's like obviously completely covered but yeah i don't know aquaman has that cute bod i was just like all right miss thing (laughs) i'll take you home (laughs) nice catch of the day (laughs) (laughs) how about you um, so mine, just because I'm in an Assassin's Creed state of mind, yeah. Uh, mine is everyone's favorite assassin, Ezio Auditore de Firenze oh, from yes. Assassin's Brotherhood. Creed Two: Brotherhood and Revelations. There's a reason why they gave that character three games. I only played Brotherhood of those three. Seriously, all three are great. Um, Ezio. But yeah, there's a reason why they gave him three games because he is. <laughs> Uh, just Italian and charming and hot and uh, also like he was a character that actually had like real motivation which Altair kind of lacked at least in the first one Mm -hmm. so yeah plus he got some facial hair he looked good when he got older yeah like he has a nice accent yeah he has very sexy voice very soothing yeah so yeah just approved in all ways really he was just you know got the moves yeah he was that that italian uh, man that uh, was just lovely to play as and yeah he was the the man so nice you played him thrice oh i'll see myself out uh that was good <laughs> well thank you I should write a book <laughs> of poems yeah, yeah oh god based on video game characters <laughs> <laughs> Oof. yeah what rhymes with uh de Firenze? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right. right. Well. Oh. Oh. Last thing is be sure to stay to the end of this podcast because I'm going to play the full song. Oh, yeah. It's our 20th episode. It's our 20th episode. So that's our little thank you because that's all we can afford. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So thank you. 20th episode. Seriously. Congratulations. On all of you. For listening to us. I was congratulating Grant, you specifically, oh. Satine, for like, you know, making this whole thing happen. Aw, yeah. stop it. <laughs> Thank you. So, 
Yep, here we are. Here 20 we episodes are. in. Here's the 20 more. Here's the 20 more. And um, you can follow the podcast. Well, actually, let's start with me. You can follow me at Satine the Dream on Twitter and Instagram at Satine the Dream or Satine on Twitch. And you can follow me at Fast Danger on Twitter or at Mr. Gladstone, where Mr. is spelled out on Instagram, Twitch, and I believe now on Microsoft Mixer which is their streaming service built into the Xbox, which used to be called Beam. Um, so just to further add more things to stuff. Wait, what? What's, wait, what? Yeah, they've, Microsoft has a new streaming platform called Mixer. And what is it replacing Twitch? No, no, I mean, it's not replacing Twitch. It's a Twitch competitor. Ah. So I have Mr. Gladstone on both Instagram, or I'm sorry, on Twitch and Mixer. PS4 has something similar. Yeah, they have that PlayStation. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, and you can follow the podcast at BitDiff Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can send us some email communication at bitdiffpodcast at gmail dot com. We have new episodes every Wednesday. And would you kindly follow, rate, and comment in iTunes and Google Play? That'd be nice, right? We would appreciate it. Happy 20th, Rob. Happy 20th, Satine. And ciaozies. Bye-bye.